Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is The Lantern Cast Presents Elseworlds. Episode number eight. Yes, this episode, we you know, we'll be reviewing, uh, uh, this is Last Son of Earth, uh, issues one and two. And, you know, I'm reading this, I was reading this the other day, and, like, this was amazing. Like, why did we wait so long to review this one? I don't know, I think we forgot it existed when we first started the podcast. <sighs> I mean, I don't mean the Lantern guys, the Elseworlds thing. I think we were just so excited for In Darkest Night, I think we were also... I think we were considering it when we wanted to do those su- those uh, Superman stories, uh, yeah. but we really wanted to do those other ones more than this, and I guess this slipped our mind or something. I don't know. Uh, man, yeah, I, this is... Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's written by Steve Gerber, mm-hmm. uh, art by Doug Wheatley. You've got color art and separations by Chris Chuckery. Letter Bob Lapan, uh, and I believe that's it. Um, and yeah, like total quality the whole the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna just jump right into synopsis. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, we're gonna break this down um, into the two issues. So for the first issue, what basically happens is this is. What if Superman, you know, Clark Kent was born on Earth and, uh, you know, the, his parents thought that Earth was going to be destroyed. So they rocketed him off to save his life and he ends up growing up on Krypton instead, you know, and, and that that's the basic gist of it. It's a little different. But what ends up happening is that in this world, um, Pa Kent... He's, you know, he's younger. You know, this is like 50 years ago, 40 years ago, or whatever. And he's, uh, well, he's a professor who's, you know, into, you know, heavily into sciences and stuff like that. He discovers that there's this like asteroid or something moving towards the Earth. It's, it's like kind of weird though, because it's also like it's kind of moving away and moving towards us at the same time. And he can't even gauge how fast the acceleration is. Well, the, the same day that he finds out that this, you know, that the Earth is basically going to be wiped out by this giant asteroid, uh, Ma Kent, she basically, you know, finds out that she's pregnant. And they had been trying for a while, so they, you know, finally had a kid. So now, you know, he's like wondering, it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen? You know, it's like the Earth's going to be destroyed. You know, my, my child isn't going to have, you know, a chance at all. So he starts basically cashing in everything that he has, all the property, anything that he has, all of his money, he's basically just dumping into a fund and then also using his resources at the university to create a rocket ship so that he can blast off his wife and his son. They'll orbit the Earth for, you know... A couple of days and then come back to earth after like the major damage has been done three, so three can... weeks three weeks that's how long it was yeah okay so yeah so uh that's that was the plan clark kent is born and that was the same night that the asteroid was going to hit and martha kent she refuses to leave her husband you know to die 
at you know alone on the earth so they they send the kid up to try and survive you know and you know they figure okay well he'll be up there for three weeks he'll come back and he'll have the best chance of survival you know without any other humans around but (laughs) they didn't really think that one through but luckily i guess if you consider it that way the rocket ship when it went up it hit a reality warp which i guess was created by the asteroid which wasn't exactly an asteroid it was kind of like this spatial anomaly kind of thing that hit the earth and clark kent's ship goes up the asteroid strikes down total devastation on earth and you know clark kent ends up landing on krypton of all places that's where the, the warp like basically let out. So Jor-El finds, you know, he sees this, the ship and Jor-El, like you have Krypton where, this is a really complex story. I didn't even realize this before jumping into this synopsis. Krypton is very, everybody's very much into isolation. It's the kind of, uh, I guess sanitized version of Krypton that like, you see from the, the movies. Well, it's like it's like it was in Man of Steel, where everybody's born and birthing. It's it's very uh, uh, John Burns Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's like the uh, it's kind of well, it's not so much the crystal, but it, it's very isolated. You know, you when you're going around Krypton, you only see like a handful of people. Because everybody is so isolated, nobody's, you know, coming in contact with anybody. And you have Jor-El, you know, a young man in, in, well, sort of a young man in this, you know, particular point in his life. And he's, you know, he's questioning everything. He's not cut from the same cloth as everybody else. He's a little unconventional. He has personally named his robots, you know, and considers them, you know, his friends, basically. And when he sees this rocket come down, he has to go investigate, like, immediately. And on the way, he notices that it basically it passed the, uh, the library where Laura is. And she wants nothing to do with Jor-El because she knows that he's kind of this weirdo who isn't like everybody else. But he drags her along anyway to go see, you know, what's going on with this kid. They find the kid, and she's like, you know, well, we have to call the authorities or basically not do anything about this and just leave it alone. We don't want to get infected, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, how can you think like that? We have to take care of him. We have to save him. So she wants nothing to do with him. Jor-El takes the baby and notices how frail he is in the atmosphere like he isn't built for the kryptonian atmosphere so he creates this this anti-gravity chamber with a special uh environment in it so that the baby can actually survive and he's in there for what was it like eight or 13 years uh 11 i think okay so he's in there for years and that's where he's growing up and as he's growing up Jor-El is forming a, a bond with the child. He's growing attached to the child. And at times, Lara would uh, 
you know, come over and check on him and, you know, be amazed as well. And she finds out at some point that her and Jorel are, um, what's the term? They're like supposed to be, they've been chosen to procreate, to create a child for a position in society where somebody had just died recently. Because people don't die very often in this society, so they don't have kids very often. It's a very scientific process. So Jorel and Laura have been chosen for, you know, to have a child for, you know, this position. And that's when Jorel is like, well, I kind of already have a kid. So, and he's been keeping Clark Kent a secret. And he's, you know, I, I named him Kal-El. And, you know, he's not from this earth. And, you know, I've made sure that, you know, he can survive on this earth and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you know, this is very unconventional, but if this is how it has to be, then okay, you know, we'll do it. So, um, at this point, you know, Laura had been kind of fighting the whole thing, but she, like, you know, Jorel says, he's like, listen, Clark Kent, you know, Clark, oh, Jor, you know, Kal-El, now, Kal-El, he's going to need your training because you are, you do adhere so closely to the rules. He's going to need that to kind of counteract my, you know, zaniness, basically. Not that he didn't say zaniness, but his, uh, how he's so unconventional, the child is going to need somebody that is conventional to teach him, like, the ways of Krypton and stuff like that. So... Clark Kent, you know, he grows up on Krypton, and uh, they create like a body suit for him, like an exoskeleton suit, so that he can actually go out on his own. At this point, he's accustomed to the the atmosphere. He he can move around a little bit on Krypton on his own, but the body suit helps him maneuver around regularly, and you know, he's been learning about his you know Kryptonian heritage because he is now the heir to you know the house of l and uh much later you know much later on you know he's much older now he's you know doing science experiments of his own and everything and there's this thing that's happening across krypton where people are lots of people are dying from like the green plague they call it and nobody has any idea what's going on but you know, and, and like they're all so long lived, they'll all live like hundreds, thousands of years, because you know their genetics have been become so perfect, and they also have these the the Kryptonian suits that help prolong their life as well. That it's so strange that so many people are dying. They almost thought that they were immortal. Well, Kal El he goes off and he's exploring and trying to figure out what's going on, and he ends up finding a Green Lantern, well, a corpse, a Green Lantern corpse. And, you know, it's got the battery and the ring. So he, you know, he takes the ring off. He's investigating the, the power battery. And the power battery deems him worthy, makes him a Green Lantern. And that's when, like, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> he flies into action. Like, he knows, he like, he, he finds out, like, how to use a thing, like, almost. Oh almost instantly with, you know, very scientific mind. He's like deducing it all. He uses it to kind of figure out what's going on 
with the uh, the planet, he finds out that, like, I guess decades, centuries b- before, during like the clone uprisings, <laughs> where they had been like hacking like clones apart for body parts, there was this this uprising and this special like bomb had been activated. And it didn't go off automatically. It just kind of like seeded the center of the Earth so that it was basically killing off Krypton. And the green disease that everybody was getting was, it was kryptonite. The center of the Earth was turning to kryptonite and all these people were dying. And what Kal-El ends up doing is he takes the ring, he goes out into space and grabs a whole bunch of like like meteors and things which are usually, they're usually comprised of iron. He uses the ring to transform all these meteors into rods and, like, slams them into the center of Krypton, like control rods in a nuclear reactor. And, he, you know, he alleviates the, pres- the pressure in, in the planet and ends up saving Krypton. And... In the process of all this, like, you know, getting to use the ring, like, he ends up going to sleep after he gets all this done, because it's a huge undertaking, and the ring ends up probing his mind and shows him that he is not from Krypton, so now he's got some some investigating to do. Mm-hmm. Did I cover everything? Almost. Uh, there is a point, because it comes up later... There is a point where, on his way back to his house, he sees some ancient ruins of Krypton. And, uh, yes. And stumbles upon, uh, basically because all of Krypton's ancient past was lost, I guess. Uh, the rumor was that it was a, uh, you know, a high-minded and uh, peaceful utopia where everyone interacted with each other. But at some point in the story, Jor-El says... Uh, but all there's no evidence of that, and I can't. Uh, my logic won't allow for the fact that the way we are as a culture now sprang up from such a uh, an idealistic utopia. So I don't think it's possible. But Kal-El finds this book about right. about the past. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, that's that's mostly it. Uh, the only thing I wanted to ask uh, right away. This uh, basic slamming these rods into the surface of Krypton, wasn't that what Tomar Ray was going to do when he in that one story we covered in Elseworlds? He, um, he was gathering stuff to delay the explosion of Krypton, right? He was... I don't know. I don't think that he was going to do that. I think he there was like a special mineral that may have slowed down the reaction. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember I don't recall exactly, but there's no possible way that Tomar Ray was going to create rods that would you know act like a nuclear reactor you know control rods. Right. Hmm. So what did you think of the story? I know you know I know it's a uh, we. <laughs> Said, we basically said at the the, the beginning <laughs> that it's uh, uh, more complex than you thought it was, and why didn't we cover this sooner? But what, what do you think? Oh, and I know we're is... only halfway through, but yeah, uh, at halfway through the first issue, amazing, like like absolutely amazing. Like first off, like you have the art, and the art is just like 
it's beautiful the whole way through. Like, there's a couple of, like, there's a couple of facial expressions which were a little um, exaggerated, I would say, that, you know, were a little odd. But, I mean, overall, it's just, like, the art is amazing. Like, this is probably, like, one of the best drawn Elseworlds, like, ever. Okay. Um, it's like, yeah, like, um, right around page 27-ish, where, uh, Lara comes in and it's like, you know, you, you know, you're, you're the one that, that did this, you manipulated us, you know, to be, you know, betrothed or whatever. Like, she has, there's a facial expression that she makes where her, like, eyes are, like, wide open and her mouth is just like, you know. I don't know, like, she's, like, gritting her teeth, like, like, she's surprised to see that the child is still alive. It's, like, so, so exaggerated there. But yeah. it's, it, you know, like, even though, even though it's it's not as amazing as the rest of the art, it still kind of works. Yeah. So the art, I love it. The story, like, it's, it's difficult to go through the beginning because, like, you know, you, you know, you, you just know, well, now you know, looking back, that Earth is still around. So knowing that they're going to rocket him off of Earth, you know, is just, it's kind of hard to get past while you're in the beginning. Like, you know, like he, he made out pretty decent for somebody that landed on Krypton. Like anybody else that landed on Krypton, if they didn't run into Jor-El, like they were dying basically like no joke like they were just gonna die the fact that you know he ran into Jor-El like he had like the probably the the most the most warm and nurturing childhood that a child could have on Krypton at this point um I, I really really love the interaction between Jor-El and uh and uh, Lara. What about it? Just like how, like, she's so against it, and he's just like, you know, he's just, he, he plays it cool, and even though she's, like, against it, she's still, like, you know, not just completely just, like, you know, I'm never going to have anything to do with you again. Like, she still does have like interactions with him. And even after they're, they've both been chosen to, you know, to raise the kid, like later on, like just how they become closer and closer. It's, it's just really nice. It's, it's, it's really cool. Now this lantern that, uh, this dead lantern he finds, does, do you think this is like chase It's a ball. It's got tentacles. Um, the ring, the rings on the tip of one of its tentacles. We don't know that it's a ball. Kind of looks like it. I mean, it's got like, cause I don't know, like those don't really look like so much like tentacles to me as they do like almost like crab pincers. And in any case, like they say that it's been buried uh, 200,000 cycles. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, this is, like, one of, well, I don't know about the one of the first Green Lanterns, but this is, like, one of the very early, like, Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it ended up getting buried, so it couldn't even go for, you know, help or whatever. So, like, this one is, like, you know, they, they kind of cover themselves by saying, like, this is nowhere near related to... Um, Tomar. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. When uh, when he charges up and then starts flying, you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of Forrest Gump. <laughs> the next thing I knew, I was flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the body, body brace just kind of falls off of him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, sorry. That I I I really like it. Um, I think it especially gets better in issue two. Um, I think there's a, I mean, there's only two issues, and I know it's prestige format, but I guess you kind of have to condense everything. But I kind of feel like there's a bit of a missed opportunity not going a little more in depth about this, this lantern and this, and I don't mean the land. I mean the actual Green Lantern himself. Oh. Yeah. No, I like it, it's prestige format. There's like what 52 pages, no ads in each. So you're basically looking at like a four issue miniseries nowadays. Yeah, it's like slightly over a four issue miniseries. And like you, not only can you, you know, you, you don't know anything about this old Green Lantern, you really. You're never meant to. You, you, there is no way to really go into that because he died so long ago that it's almost as if his death no longer is relevant to anybody living. Yeah. You know, like, you're talking about, like, something that just happened so long ago and there's so many other things that, you know, that Kal-El has to do and the Guardians have to do to teach him. You know, things like that, like, I, I, I don't think that they, you know, needed to spend any more time with that, that Green Lantern. Well, I'm not saying it's a detriment to the story and it makes me dislike it. I'm just saying it's something I'm curious about and would, would have liked to see more information on. I mean, I don't mean, like, spend four pages on it. I just mean, you know, like, he gets to to Oa or something and they down because they've lost the ring and the lantern for 200,000 years they, you know, download the information or something, and you see, like, snippets of this lantern's past or something. You know what I mean? Something, yeah. Something small. I guess they could have dedicated, like, a couple of panels to that. Yeah. Um, what'd you go, what'd you think of, like, Pa Kent being, a, like, a professor at a university? I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, uh, what does it say? Where's he at? Uh, Metropolis. No, no, I don't mean that. Um, let's see. Where is it? Um, sorry, I'm trying to... Uh, professor of Astrophysics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I mean, I don't know. That doesn't. That doesn't really bother me, I guess. Mostly because... This isn't. I mean, we 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 always say when we start these episodes, the concept of this issue or these uh, issues is this is basically what if, and then we tell what the premise is. Well, these aren't what if issues. 
what if is basically one thing gets changed, whereas Elseworlds yeah. is not just one thing gets changed, several things gets get changed. Right. Um, so I mean, I like it. I, I, it. It doesn't strike me as, you know, Jonathan Kent was always a a, a, <laughs> a well-meaning father and and farmer and um, salt of the earth kind of guy, but it you never he was never really stupid. He wasn't a backwater hick. So making making him an astrophysicist isn't like a giant leap in, you know, it's this guy was a stupid more, you know, he was a good guy, but a moron. He couldn't possibly be an astrophysicist. I mean, you know, yeah, it does. It doesn't really bother me. I, I think that's, you know, that whole thing where he, you know, he's an astrophysicist. That's probably like the biggest stretch that you come to. Because everything, everything else is like pretty much what you, you know, what you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, I mean Perry is a is a reporter. Yeah, but I mean Perry was a reporter before he was the editor in chief. Like this is 1965. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, like you would expect that. Um. I find it more unbelievable that this rocket that this guy astrophysicist professor made on the in the in the barn is able to smash through Kryptonian technology like it's nothing. That double page spread where the ship enters the warp and then exits outside of Krypton and smashes yeah. through that Kryptonian satellite like it's just not made of air. <laughs> Well, well, I, that's the, the reason. Okay, I would say logic that, the way out of this. <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely will. I would say the fact that they're sending a baby into space and then hoping that three weeks later, when it touches down, somebody's going to be alive to take care of this baby. Like that's that was the the really irresponsible thing, you know, like. You know, okay, I get it. You don't want to. You don't. You don't want your husband to die alone on this. You know, on Earth. So you send the baby. You know, into space, which would be great if you were rocketing the baby off to a world where you know he could survive. But they weren't doing that. Like they weren't. He was not Jor-El saying, "Okay, well, there's a planet out there where you know he'll have a, a really good shot." You know, and he's going to have powers over all of them, so he'll be able to take care of himself. This is, we're blasting our son into space for three weeks, where we all are going to die, most likely, from an asteroid. And then when he comes down, you know, he'll be able to survive. Well, he's a baby who was just born. Like, he doesn't have the ability to, like, do anything. And, like, not for nothing, but, like, who's feeding this baby while he's in the rocket? Like, you're you just going to give him a, a bottle, you know, and be like, okay, this is a three-week bottle. Like, like the logistics of that part really didn't didn't work too well. And, I mean, granted, he didn't have a whole lot of time to figure out anything else. But, like, at least he could have been like, okay, well, you know, Martha, you better go with that baby. Otherwise, he's gone, you know, he's a goner completely. 
You know, and then she could have, like, once it touched down on, on Earth, you know, she could have just, like, you know, she could have died, you know, saying it's, like, take care of my baby, or, you know, to Jorah, whatever, and then the gravity, you know, and atmosphere kill her, but the baby survives, blah, 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 blah. As far as the rocket taking out the Kryptonian satellite, like, the fact of the matter is the rocket just came through a warp that was, like, a mass-altering warp, so you have no idea how fast that rocket was going through the warp because it was probably propelled within the warp. And at that point, it doesn't matter like what materials the rocket is made out of. If it's going fast enough, it is going to cut through that Kryptonian satellite like butter. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it's, it's a primitive ballistic device constructed of crude iron carbon alloy abandoned by Kryptonian engineers 100,000 cycles ago. I'm yeah, just... well, if you take an iron hammer <laughs> and propel it fast enough, it's going through those Kryptonian alloys no matter what. <laughs> uh, anything else from this issue? Uh, the the dude that rele- releases the, the poison egg into the center of Krypton mm-hmm. looks an awful, like, la- a lo- awful lot like uh, Desaad. Oh, Desaad from uh, Apocalypse? The new gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the new gods, though. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, was there anything else? I don't think so. Hmm. All right. Inter- interesting that when he got the costume, he, he really customized it. Like, instantly. Hmm. You know? Like, I mean, I like the costume design, you know, and I'm glad that that's what he chose, but, you know, like, he gets the thing, and all of a sudden, like, he powers up, and, like, that's it. Like, usually, you know, it's something more akin to a traditional Green Lantern costume. Like, I know why they did it, because, you know, they wanted to give him that distinct look, but... You know, I think that's that's an interesting choice. So, all right, uh, issue two, same creative team. Um, all right, so uh, we open up with uh, Kal El on the one of the moons of Krypton, um, and he's thinking about things and and recapping his uh, confrontation with Jor El and Lara because she shows up. Um, Talking about his his history, they're telling Kal El where he came from, and, and well, not where he came from, but because they don't know, but uh, basically how he or how he arrived on Krypton. Well, he's thinking to himself, well, while I was sleeping, the ring probed my mind, uh, and that was just me being unconscious. So maybe I can direct the ring uh, in <laughs> and and get more information out of my subconscious. So he's about to do this. Uh, and then the battery speaks up and goes, cease, what you're about to attempt may be fatal. Which is basically saying, um, don't point the ring at your face until you're more trained in the ring. And he's well, how am I going to get trained? Well, come to Oa. How am I supposed to come to Oa? Directly. And then they just zoom him to Oa. Um, he shows up on Oa. They're kind of giving him the, uh, the Cliff Notes version of the history of the Green Lantern Corps. What you, what you need to do to recharge, and uh, you know who we are as the guardians of the universe, and how long we've been doing this, and and everything. So he's flying around on Oa 
we see a couple of different lanterns that might mean something to us. Uh, of what the standout of which, of course, is Kilowog, um, flying by him. He uh, talks to he, he shows up and talks to the guardians. Tries to get some more information. He's starting to be trained uh, in in what he wants to do with the ring. They say, you know, okay, now that you've sequestered yourself, uh, abandon yourself to the ring. So, you know, your your parents, my family name, back in Metropolis, room for you and the baby, post-impact tides, my husband to die alone, all these little snippets. Um, so he's like, well, where am I? Where, where did I come from? So point your ring at this console, and it'll download the information that you've gleaned and kind of sort things out. So through this, they talk about, hey, this is... Uh, evidently you're from Earth. Um, and she's Earth, is there any more information? And the Guardian says, these images are from our last remote survey more than a century ago. <laughs> recent, uh, more recent records indicate the planet's orbit intersected the, pass of a mass, the path of a mass-bearing warp anomaly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> surely the Green Lantern of that sector deflected the anomaly. He was otherwise occupied in interstellar war some 50 worlds at stake. You're saying you did nothing? I'm <laughs> saying that there are more important things to handle. We're not gods. Um, so uh, Kal-El goes to Earth, which is, of course, smog and not nearly as blue and green and shiny as it looked in the image he saw on Oa. He comes across Asia, Alaska, Gotham. All these places are destroyed. Themyscira. Yeah, that's what I was about to get to. And then we see more staples of the DC Universe. Themyscira, Atlantis. Uh, all, all different types of things. <clears throat> he comes across a ship in the sea. Uh, he picks it up, and you know, where are you going? Uh, do your charts also show something called Metropolis? So he, after he takes care of the guy in the ship, he goes to Metropolis, and he hears this propaganda being preached out over the loudspeaker, and it's surprise, surprise, Lex Luthor, uh, telling basically all these crowds of people how you know together we are strong, and blah, blah, blah. And kal basically thinks to himself, I've seen enough. These are zealots. Uh, their leader speaks of unity, but his goal is conformity and control, which is the truth. Um, there is a point in his speech where Lex Luthor holds a broken uh, shield uh, that says JLA on it, and it says, uh, you know, he says... Uh, people used to rely on certain individuals because they were fast or could fly or could use magic words, but those heroes were merely somewhat stronger than sticks, and now they're all broken and gone. Uh, so evidently this world did have a JLA, and it's gone and no longer a factor. So that's all you need to know about this world. Um, he flies up to the top of the Daily Planet building and finds Jimmy Olsen, who then introduces him to the rest of the Resistance, I guess you could call it, um, uh, leading the resistance, of course, is Perry White. Standing beside him is Martha Kent, uh, which we know and everything, but Kal-El doesn't figure out till basically the end of this issue. Uh, he's talking about how you know he's going to help him. Martha's showing him around the place. Lois shows up right as she asks, "Do you have a girl back home?" Uh, and he says, "No." <laughs> and she says, "That's too bad." And then Sing Song calls out Lois, who's actually pretty hot. Um, he, he meets Lois, and then this is at this point that Lex's uh, army, whatever, ap- uh, attacks the Resistance. Um, they start fighting. Cal is about to start interfering, and Perry says, no, we, we have to do this on our own. Let's, let's you know, let, let them know that they can do this. 
and then after a little bit, bit uh, he finally gets involved. Well, I'll, as he's being making a show of things and saying, this place is under my protection, his ring goes out, and he falls from the sky. Uh, and uh, Lex takes him prisoner. Well, when kal was meeting Lois, he was telling him about how you, re- you know, I need to recharge the ring and blah, blah, blah. She says, well, his ring must be out. So she grabs the lantern and Lois and Jimmy go under using underground tunnels to get to Lex's uh, stash or whatever um, to bring it to Cal, but they get captured. So now Lex has both the ring and the uh, lantern, and they're imprisoned in a cell right next to Kal-El. They tell him this. He gets pissed off, punches the wall, and holy crap, he slamming his fist into the wall, broke the wall. What's going on there? So he's like, well, um... Uh, so he just grabs the, uh, the, the iron bars of the cage, rips them open, and starts going all Superman on things. And we mean Superman, not Green Lantern. Uh, he's busting down doors, he's having bullets bounce off of him, uh, he is lifting up tanks, uh, he's smashing tanks into things on, uh, in a very nice panel that's an homage to, of course, Action Comics number one. Smashes down at a door, Lex tries to use the ring on him, he's like, go ahead, try it. Lex can't do it, obviously, because Lex doesn't know how it works, and even if he did, he doesn't have the what it takes to be a Green Lantern. So he takes um, everybody uh, hostage and says, uh, you know, your your limit, your, your influence must be eliminated. Uh, so he gets rid of Lex and puts him on uh, a desert island, it looks like. Um, they go about cleaning up everything, uh, trying to change the world. Kal-El uh, is like, you know what, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to restore this place and the, that's when the Lantern speaks up says, the power of the ring is not yours to pledge, Kal-El. You are the Green Lantern of, of your sector, of Krypton's sector, 1003, and you're supposed to be doing this. So you can either stay here on Earth, but lose your powers as a Green Lantern, or go back to Krypton and be Green Lantern. We will give you uh, the remainder of the ring's power cycle to make your decision. It's at this point Kal-El flies off of Earth and says, just trust me, Lois, I'll be back. And then uh, the, the next day, these ships show up in Earth's atmosphere, which are basically giant filters to filter out all the uh, smog and, and stuff of uh, in the atmosphere of Earth. He goes about flying around the planet, fixing nuclear reactors and putting out fires. He goes to Themyscira. He grabs a giant. Um, uh, he, he grabs a, 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 one of the buildings from Themyscira and brings it to Metropolis, and it turns out that this is one of the secret warehouses, or the secret warehouse of knowledge. Uh, this is uh, somewhat akin to the Library of Alexandria, right? Mm-hmm. So Basically. Yeah, so he grabs this and brings it to Metropolis so that now all of uh, Earth's past and history can be passed down to future generations, kind of in the same way that this book he found on Krypton, uh, you know, benefits Krypton in the future. Well, before uh, before he answers whether or not he's leaving, Lois is like, "I got to tell you something," and then whispers something in in his ear as he's facing Martha, and he gets big eyed, and it's obvious that Lois has just told him, "Martha is your mother." Um, Abin Sir then shows up, takes the lantern from uh, from Cal, and you know says, "Good luck here on Earth," and once a lantern, always a lantern, and if you need me, I'll be around. Um, then over on Krypton. 
the council is telling Jor-El and Lara they've gone too far because if you look, Jor-El and Lara are in more, I guess what we would consider traditional Kryptonian garb, like pre-John Byrne. Yeah, pre-crisis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And they're like, well, you know, we've been reading this book that Kal-El found and we're, we intend to bring Krypton back and, and spread the word of what happened on Krypton. And, you know, this Krypton shall not live in vain. We'll do it in the name of Kal-El. And that ends that story. Pretty cool. Very cool. I, I don't know if I like how powerful... Well, does he fly? No, he doesn't fly. Hmm. Uh, he could probably jump over tall buildings mm-hmm. if he tried. It's almost as if they went for a more traditional powered Superman. Like he was in Action Comics when the New 52 started? Well, no, like what he like when he was in Action Comics when Action Comics started. Like I don't even know if I, I don't think he had heat vision in the beginning. I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that that was developed later on. More powerful was, than a locomotive, more powerful than a locomotive, faster than a speeding bullet, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. That was basically it, right? Yeah, that was it. So, you know, he's definitely more powerful than a locomotive. Oh, wait, yeah, more powerful than a locomotive. Um, his speed, like they haven't really showed like the super speed right now, but he is, you know, like he's stronger than a, a speeding bullet. Hmm. And, uh, like I said, he could probably, like, having to deal with the, the super gravity, like, he probably, you know, would be able to, uh, jump high. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I actually did not realize that, you know, while I was reading it, that Lois, that Woodhead Lois had, uh, had whispered in his ear. Oh, really? Yeah, no, like, I kind I wondered, but, I, I don't know, like... It, I just I stopped wondering and kept reading and then forgot to go back to it and, and try and figure out what it meant. But, yeah, like, no, that makes perfect sense because I think at one point he does tell Lois that he originally was from Earth, you know, until he was, you know, rocketed off to, to Krypton. And I'm sure everybody knew that Martha had a child and, you know, her and Jonathan were the only ones that, you know, knew things were going to happen. And rocketed off their child, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome how he sacrifices the ring. Yeah, yeah, like, he doesn't even question it. Like, you know, well, this is how it's going to be. But, like, the one thing was how, with the ring, like, I guess without the ring, how is he going to, you know, go back to Krypton? Or has he just created no, uh, like, there, there is no backup plan to go back to Krypton? You know, like, that, that whole thing. Like, because he doesn't really say goodbye to his parents. Like, he never says goodbye to his parents. Oh, I guess he might have when he got went back to go get the, uh, the air purifiers. Mm-hmm. But they don't even show that, so... And knowing how much time he, you know, he had, he probably would have, you know, tried to use it as efficient as possible. I guess he probably could have used the air purifiers to go back to Krypton. I don't know if they work like that. Yeah. 
I don't know, maybe he had uh, some kind of like communication device so that he can talk to his parents, his Krypton parents. I don't know. It's interesting that Abin Sur is still alive. Oh, yeah. What, you, th- you, you assume he still would have crashed? Well, yeah. Because... I mean... Oh, wait a second. No. Oh. No, he would not have. Because, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the way that it was always explained in the past was that there was some kind of like yellow radiation around Earth. Or, you know, in that vicinity. And that's what made him crash. So if Earth is like covered in smog and, st- and you know stuff like that, then that may have very well blocked it all out and he lived through it. Yeah. I don't know. Although his eyes are yellow in uh, <laughs> panel on 45, so... And 46. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe his uh, days are numbered. <laughs> uh... I, 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 Lois is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like the, the costume they gave Lara at the end. Yeah. Looks a little like Raven. A little bit. I think it's also interesting how, how much of a 180 she did. Like the fact that Lara is even willing to wear this. <laughs> you know, but I think like that was, that was the evolution of her character. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I, I really enjoyed, you know, like that whole, you know, aspect of the story. Just how, like, when, you know, she came to Jor-El, you know, um, when Kala was, like, you know, fixing the planet and everything like that. I think this was, like, the first issue. And she's like, you know, when, when everything started happening, you know, my thoughts first went to my, you know, grandmother or whatever you know and her her ancestors and then her very next thought was to Jor-El and originally she figured well that's probably just because you know he's probably at the root of all this, these problems because he's constantly you know fiddling with things he's not supposed to but you know then she's like you know I, she's like I don't think that's what it is I think it was something else she's like and then she's like did you think of me mm-hmm. you know and he's just like it's like from the moment I first met you, I've never stopped thinking of you, and it's just like, like that's so sweet. <laughs> and then from there, like you know, it's like that was her, you know, softening, I guess. And then once the book came in, you know, and she's heavily into books, like she was a librarian, you know, like here you have this book from like a past age that you know, explained how much better life was back then. Yeah, I could see her being on board for that. Hmm. If you notice on page 37 where he's getting shocked by the bars? Yes. And you see Luther up there in, in that one panel on the top corner? Yeah. Has costumes across the chair? Didn't the yeah. ring make his costume? <laughs> Why? Why is the costume draped, draped across the chair? <laughs> um... Well, I mean, he left his pants on, so <laughs> I guess you know. Well, that 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 has changed in the past. Like, I think in some of the early Green Lantern issues, like uh, talking about Silver Age, 
like he actually had to put the costume on. Mm. Like it was an actual like costume. Like it was created by the ring, but you could take it off. Yeah. I mean, it is still kind of weird. <laughs> Unless maybe that's maybe that was the whole thing. Like maybe that was the Kryptonian like undershirt and the Green Lantern costume just kind of put the Green Lantern symbol on it. You know, it's interesting uh, when he arrives on Oa. I know it's I know nobody else really cares, but whoever that lantern is with the big green cape, I want to know more about him. Is that Spectre? <laughs> is that Spectre? Is that Parallax? <laughs> Ragman, perhaps? <laughs> I was wondering if it was Batman. <laughs> I mean, that it would totally wouldn't work because uh, Abin. Because of Abin, but like it, it's it almost it looks exactly like like Batman. Like the way that he would stand and the the way that his cape would flow, mm-hmm. I I think that the artist probably threw that in there and it's like you know, in my mind this is Batman, not in the story, but in my mind absolutely. This other lantern I think we're supposed to recognize. I don't though I don't remember the one that's kind of half a Green Lantern symbol and half some bubbles. Um, I feel like I've seen that lantern before. The, which was that on the the. Double page spread? Yeah, where you see Kilowog. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, um... That's not the mathematic equation, Lantern. That's, um... Or is no, it? No, I, I know with... I, it's, I've seen it. It is familiar, but hmm. it's in the, uh, like, the secret files and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, that was definitely around back then. Back in the day. Um... So let me ask you. I I actually kind of like this costume better than the one from our from that uh, Superman issue we really liked. Okay. So why do you, do you why do you prefer the other one to this one? I uh, I'm not really sure. I think you know, actually you know I know I do know what it is. Now I do like this costume also, but. When it comes down to it, like, this is white, blue, and two shades of green. That's what, you know, this costume is. Mm-hmm. Now, for one thing, like, it's it, it's good, but the other one is green and then white and black. It's like, the it, it's more s- simplistic, I guess, the other one. And with, like, the white and the black, it just creates a better... Um, uh, contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if the blue on this costume had been black, I probably, you know, would have liked it as much as the other one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's probably probably it. I, plus, the other one has a cape. He doesn't have a cape in this. Well, I guess not. Um, well, I mean, you know, and that's not to say, like, if they did create an action figure of this, this particular version... I would totally get that. I saw uh, I saw a custom Funko uh, figure of of this costume yeah. the other day. That's cool. Yeah, I guess that would be a fairly easy one to do. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is about this panel, but I really like the art. When uh, I guess would you say this is Ganthet? Oh, it has to be Ganthet. Okay. 
there's no way that it, there's no possible way that any of the other guardians would have uh, humored him like this. Well, the 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 panel where Ganthet is showing him the image of the lantern using the ring on herself. Yes, that's really cool looking. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That one was really cool. Um, I, I like the the flashback, you know, uh, through his ring. Uh-huh. Uh, that's really cool. Honestly, I love the the homage to Action Comics number one. Like that that was like the the best. Uh-huh. Picking up the tank. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so when 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 Lex is mentioning the the Justice League, because they were fast, Flash, right? Yes. Or could fly. Or could use magic words. Magic words is is Shazam. Cap- yeah, well, Captain Marvel. Uh, I still refuse to call him Shazam. Uh, Shazam. <laughs> uh, who who could fly? Uh, Wonder Woman. Sometimes Wonder Woman could fly. I don't know if they were necessarily referring to that. Uh, Doctor Fate. Hmm. I mean, let's see. The original. Uh, it could be Hawkman. Okay. Uh, Shazam could fly also. Well, yeah, but fast. And Magic Words is referencing Captain Marvel. Yeah, but, I, you know, you don't, you never really know. Like, those those are, like, the generic, you know, superpowers. And then also, you know, Shazam. So, it could have, uh, you know, it could have been whatever. I think it's odd that none of them would have survived. Yeah, that's true. Like, that, that that's very odd that none of them would survive. I, I think it's odd that nobody from Themyscira survived, especially. Uh, nobody from Atlantis survived. Like, out of anybody, Atlantis, you know, probably would have had the best shot. Yeah, what does he say when he goes through Atlantis? Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, amazing, a subaquatic civilization. Oh, but it too has perished. Didn't he? Doesn't say why. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, that 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 part did seem a little odd. But you know, whatever. It's you know, they're basically trying to imply that it's basically a dead Earth. I do like how all of the vehicles, when they get back to Earth, are still very sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Like they, a like a. Be. Like a like a retrofitted VW van for for uh, Lex, I think. I think Lex yeah. is in that. The tanks are very uh, Vietnam era. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it all has to be basically from like was it sixty five that they rocketed them off? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that it's a subtle way of showing you. That this world hasn't changed much since the asteroid hit. There, there. I mean, it's not like there are more modern vehicles because nothing, nothing's been developed. Nothing, nothing stuck around to be developed. Yeah. You kind of have just remnants of of the of the era where he left. I guess at this point, this would probably be close to 1985 or so. What? Roughly when Superman comes back to Earth. Um. He's probably around. 20-ish. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
unless, 90. Well, unless they're going for a... Well, I guess I guess they're not going for a passage of time is different across the Gulf of Space thing. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, because Martha is still around, and so is yeah. Perry, and they're not that old. I mean, they keep referring to how Martha's old, but she doesn't look that. She looks like she's, I don't know, 60-something, 50-something. Yeah, yeah, 50, 60s. Yeah. Perry looks really good for his age. <laughs> He's the leader uh, of the resistance. What you call it? Uh, the kid Deke. Is Deke like a Superman character? Deke? Yeah. Oh, the, like kid, the kid in the, in the wheelchair? wheelchair? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't understand why uh, Perry has the Lex Luthor symbol in his eyes, though, on that very next panel. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's the same time that he says, you know, whenever somebody tells me we should ally ourselves with Luthor, I think of Deke. Luthor's hypersector hasn't got room for anybody he sees as a burden. So it shows up in his eye, and it's as he's talking about Luther also. So I don't know if if that might have something to do with it, but yeah. <sighs> anyway, I guess that's about it. Yeah, I guess. I'm still I, I'm still googling. Uh, Deke. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Deke Googler. That's funny. Um. Yeah, I like as great as these were, I, and you know everything is so good. It's almost as if there's not a whole lot to really delve into. No, I mean it's 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 pretty straightforward. There's not like a, a deeper meaning or anything. I mean it's uh I mean like it, it does ca- it does kind of bother me though that that Kal-El lets his ring run out. Like it, it's not like he doesn't know. Yeah. Well, he has just come from a training session with the Guardians. Yeah, but we don't know how long he was there. We don't know you know, like, he should know better. Come on now. Should know. I th- he should know better, depending on how long he was on Oa. Oh, it doesn't matter. They told him it when he was flying into Oa. But they didn't tell him that it was 24 hours. They said, you'll need to recharge. Mm. You know, they say, you know, you will, you know, there's the central power battery. You will use it to recharge your own power battery when its energy depletes. Um, they tell them how many sectors there are. They don't, uh, they don't specify the 24 hour thing. I guess. Although I guess he would have to know about that. In such a state, one is oblivious to the passage of time after 24 hours. And then Kal-El finishes his thought. The ring loses its charge. Uh, Right. Yeah. And he would have to know. If they said, you know, you'll have the amount of time from one charge to decide what you want to do. Well, and then no. And it springs into action. So, yeah, he would have to know. Well, no, that takes place after he runs out of power. Right, but he would have to know 
like, okay, well, you know, I have, he says I have this, you know, left in one charge. And I also know that it's 24 hours. Oh, yeah. Which means that I have, you know, say, you know, 19 and a half hours left. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he would have known. I guess. Uh, and you can't say he didn't have time. He's carrying the damn lantern with him most of the time he's there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe since he was carrying the lantern with him, he just assumed that he would be able to recharge, you know, when time was up. Maybe he thought that it was more along the lines of, you have to recharge it every 24 hours. You can't recharge it any sooner. Because he is, he's super, you know, analytical. He wouldn't want to waste the power in the battery. He wouldn't want to charge early. I guess. Because it's like, it's like with cell phones, like when you start charging early, then you start decreasing the, uh, the storage capacity of the cell phone battery. Green Lantern power batteries and ring exactly like that technology. Yeah, that's why there's certain areas in the galaxy that have dead zones. That's because they haven't put, uh, you know, um, sector houses there to boost the signal yet. Is that what's, is that what sector houses are? That's what say. Sector houses are basically like uh, cell phone antennas. <laughs> oh. Oh God. What do you think? God of, forbid. What do you th- God forbid you go over your your data limit. <laughs> what do you think of? Uh, what What do you think of the uh, the covers? First one, I think I like the first one better. Why? Um, I have to, I have to look at it first. Hold on. <laughs> Put me on the spot. It's my job. Yeah, no, no, I do like the first one better. I, I like the composition of it better. Um, you know, like even though it, it's it's weird because like. Even though it doesn't have the Green Lantern and Superman on the cover, it, I think it's a better image. You know, Last Son of Earth, and you see him on Krypton. You know, like, they weren't selling this as Green Lantern and Superman. Like, that happens, but that's not what the premise of this was all about, you know? Like, this was, you know, human Clark Kent gets rocketed to Krypton, and here's what happens. So when you see that first, you know, that first uh, issue cover, and it's like, you know, you see him in that bodysuit on Krypton, you know, with Earth in the distance, I think that's a great cover to, you know, kind of set you up for what you're in store for. Now, at the end of this, he becomes a Green Lantern. If they had put that on the cover, then that would have spoiled the ending. You know, so... You know, then for the second one where he is Green Lantern already, like, yeah, it makes it makes sense to have him dressed up like that. But as far as the composition of the actual cover, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't think it's as good. Do you uh, you were picking up comics regularly when this came out, right? 
Yes. Do, did these come out back to back, or did you have to like wait a month? Uh, you had to wait at least a month. Okay. Yeah, sometimes the Elseworlds, I think, were occasionally every, like, like once every two months or whatever. Like, you had to, like, wait two months in between. Hmm. I, I don't I don't remember exactly, but this, uh, yeah, it de- it, they definitely didn't come out, like, right back to back. Let's see. Because these, what's the copyright on these? It says, uh... 2000 15 years old man <laughs> and it still holds up it is very good it's very good like this is definitely one of the best stories i think uh story wise it's better than uh in darkest night it is. Now, I mean, In Darkest Night is amazing, but it's it's campy amazing. You know what I mean? It's it's cool concept amazing. It's not It's listen. Dark uh Darkest Night is very good in the beginning and near the end it kind of peters out. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's how that one goes. Better than Evil's Might, better than Dragon Lord. Uh, yes. better than a thousand and one emerald nights. That one was really good. I I think yes. Yeah, I think this is better. Better than Red Sun. Mm, it's about on par with Red Sun. Because Red Sun is both a. Uh, well, it is a Superman story with Green Lantern elements. Yeah. Yeah, Red Sun was... Red, Red Sun is just a, a really terrific story. but uh, Which we shit all over. <laughs> are we ever actually going to... Are we ever going to actually redo that? God, or are we just going to call that a bust? Everybody just trust us. Red Sun is better than we gave it credit for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know that we should touch that again. <laughs> I'm trying to get, like, the dates that those issues came out. Last Sun, Volume oh, 1 and 2. Uh, yeah, um, Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Yeah, so go to Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics. I don't know what the actual URL is, so just Google Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics. And then once you get in there, type uh, Last Son of Earth. Okay. You should be able to search it. Okay. Uh, 7, 19, 2000, and 8, 16, 2000. Yeah, so they were a month apart. Hmm. Is that uh, on sale date, or is that... Yes, okay. that is on sale. Okay. Yeah, and I would have bought these as they were coming out. Yeah, because you were a Absolutely. Superman guy at the time. Well, me? Yeah, you started off as a Superman guy, right? Before I started off as a Superman guy, but that was well before 2000. Yeah. Like, I was a Superman guy, like, before I was a Green Lantern guy. And then I just kind of was a Green Lantern guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, like, there was a lot of Superman that I did buy after I was a Green Lantern fan, but, um, yeah, no, I was definitely more so 
uh, Superman. They may have had something in the solicit about Kal-El becoming a Green Lantern, you know, in Last Son of Earth. But uh, I think, I know, I'm pretty sure that, like, just, you know, okay, Clark Kent grows up on Krypton would have brought me in on its own. You know, like, I, I like Superman enough that, you know, a concept like that I would have to have. Yeah. Uh, there's a sequel to this, too. There is? Oh, yeah, you didn't know about the sequel? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's called Last Stand on Krypton. Last Stand on Krypton? Is, is it, like, a prestige format thing? Yes. Huh. I didn't know that existed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Two, three issues, single issue? What is it? As far as I can tell, single issue. Pres- uh, prestige uh, format, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Prestige format. And yeah, it wasn't as... Um, I don't think that one was quite as uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah, so there is a sequel to it. Um Let's see. Last stand on Krypton. Let's go to that Mike's thing and uh, Mike's Hard Comics. What? Like Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh. Man, I'm gonna have to edit out so much dead air. Oh. Which people are hearing? Which people are hearing back to back with whatever you just said? <laughs> they 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 don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, Last Stand on Krypton came out in 2003, so, like, this, two and a half years later. It was, like, January 2003, so... This must have been pretty well received, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people wanted to follow up to find out what happened. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so... Are there any other, uh, because, I mean, it's been, God, however long since we've done an Elseworlds episode... Are there any other Elseworlds, uh, GL Elseworlds that we were supposed to cover but haven't yet? Um, I think there has to be. Well, I guess I guess we have to cover. Um, uh, what would uh, Kingdom Come? In a way, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of an Elseworlds. That's kind of an Elseworlds. We absolutely have to cover uh, Heroes Quest. Oh, God. I mean, like, there's a whole bunch of JLA that we never covered. What, like, Nail or whatever? Uh, Act of God. I don't think I've ever read any of these. Act of God is the one where something happens and all the superheroes lose their powers. I don't think I've ever read any of those. Jail. Uh... Yeah. Uh, JLA the Nail. Um... JLA another nail. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's there's quite a few. I mean, and then we could basically just hit the other uh, just the other Elseworlds titles. Okay, well, is that it for this episode? I guess that's got to be it. Yes, that's we're done. Okay. <laughs> We, we, we've covered everything we've had. We, we're just rambling now. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and we're, we're not... I mean, this is this is kind of like an episode of 
the regular lantern cast guys when when everything is kind of just in front of you there's not a whole lot you can elaborate on once we tell you what the story is i mean you basically have to read it for yourself to to get it we can't really like <laughs> explain it much more than what's there on the surface uh, yeah you know yeah like uh, when i listen to you guys do the the regular reviews it's like i do wish that you guys had more like um you know, like the theories and stuff like that. It's like, you know, here's what I think is going to happen, blah, 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 blah. But by the same token, like, I just don't think that there is a lot of that Mm-mm. in the comics lately. No. And, like, because there was something recently, I think it was, I don't know if it was in the, the most recent, like, the January books or the second act of Godhead, where, like, you guys there was something you guys like delved into it and you were like really discussing it hard mm-hmm. and like the possibilities and possible implications. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this is awesome. And I'm like, and then like, I just like realized it's like, well, I'm like, they must not be getting this very often from the books. Exactly. But yeah, like, yeah, this, this is a great story. There's, there is like there's subtext and there's a lot of stuff, but like by the same token, like, like the way that Kal-El and Jor-El are, how they just kind of say things that happen, just like matter-of-factly, like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, blah, 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 blah. Like they're explaining the subtext, so it becomes no longer subtext. Like you, like this is definitely one that you should read. Like mm-hmm. if you're listening to us and you haven't read this ever, like this is like one of the best Elseworlds tales like that they've ever done. I, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend Last Stand on Krypton, but but this one, this one is very, very good. At some point, we were probably going to have to review Last Stand on Krypton. Yeah, that's true. This one is hard to find, though. I can tell you, uh, even though I had, like, four stores at the time that provided back issues, it took me forever to find this. So I don't I don't know about you. I mean, you got it as you were coming out, as they were coming out. But for me, going into the back issue market, this is nigh impossible to find for me. Um, did I th- did you check eBay? Like, I mean, no, how much is it going for I, on eBay? I don't know. I think that's where I got these from is because I waited and waited and waited, hoping I could find it in back issue bins, and I ended up having to purchase it from eBay. Hmm. Uh, whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, uh, you could get both issues for $8 plus shipping. Yeah. Now, considering that these probably cost, like, 5 bucks when they came out... Yep. Cover price is uh, $5.95. Yeah. That's that's pretty, pretty reasonable. That's totally worth it. Yeah. So... For sure. Yeah. Elseworlds were always more expensive. You know, I think... In mid two thousands, mid to late two thousands, they they came out with a new Elseworlds, and it, I, I think it was almost like a sequel to something, but it wasn't. But it, it almost kind of like had a feel like it was a sequel, and they were actually talking about the idea of reprinting some other Elseworlds in like. Um, not really a prestige format, but like that format where you get like a few comics and it's got like the, the regular comic cover. 
Do you remember that at all? Uh, I don't. Not off the top of my head. Yeah, it was like they briefly revived Elseworlds not that long ago. And it lasted for like one, and then they just kind of like canned it again. Because it didn't sell well. Because it wasn't really a great story, and it was expensive. And I think... Like, we were looking at it, I, I think you bought it. I could have sworn that you bought it, and I asked you if you if it had anything like Green Lantern. And it was, like, a second worth of Green Lantern and not really oh, just, uh, not worth it. Oh, uh, you're talking about the three-issue um, uh, Last Family of Krypton? That's it. That's it. Yeah, it was, uh, basically what it was is, it's a three-issue Elseworlds, uh, almost prestige format, but not quite bound this way. It was just basically really thick issues. Um, uh, rather than Kal-El being sent to Earth, um, Jor-El and Lara come with him. Um, and they land in Metropolis, but they, they announce their arrival before they show up. They don't just crash land. They land in front of the, the UN. Uh, there's people there. It's broadcast all over the world, and... Uh, they grow up, and Jor-El and Lara, throughout the three issues, end up having uh, two two more children uh, while on Earth, uh, and it's this it's this whole thing of what are what are the effects of of them on this planet? Uh, and there is Green Lantern related stuff in there. Um, uh, it's in the third issue. It's basically Jor-El is accompanying Abin to Oa, and the Guardians are talking to Jor-El about his influence on Earth. Uh, at, in terms of Jor-El has started a company um, to which Lex Luthor applies, and you know, there's this whole thing. Uh, it's, it's actually really good. I, don't, I, I enjoyed it, but um, Jor-El has a company, and he's medical breakthroughs and scientific breakthroughs and you know, things far, far... You know, if, if humans were trying to achieve them, it would take them a couple hundred years, or Jor-El is vastly advancing scientific discovery on, their, on, on Earth. Um, so, you know, the Guardians kind of give him a talking to, and he's being a stubborn ass, and at the end of the day, it, it, it ends up with, with, uh, Kal-El becoming Superman, and being the Superman that we know, but it takes a, oh, it takes a while for him to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was, that that was received nearly as well as they had hoped. No, it wasn't. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it kind of broke down a little bit there towards the end. And the, the Green Lantern thing did seem sort of ham-fisted in there. But at the same time, it made sense. jor is directly influencing the future of a planet that he's not, not a native to. Um, so, But I, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely think we should cover it. Yeah, at some point, definitely. Because mm-hmm. at some point, we're going to run out of Green Lantern and... I don't think we should definitely just shelve this. No, for sure. And we have to cover Heroes Quest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not in Elseworlds. As a matter of fact, guys, it's a novel. Um, but come on. It's not even in Elseworlds. Yes, it is. You just said it's not in Elseworlds. Well, it's not labeled as an Elseworlds, but the way it takes... The way... You, you, we'd have to talk about it. <laughs> oh, God. Have you read it yet? No. You know there's a graphic audio version you can just listen to. I know. It. I know that there's a graphic audio, I have the book, and I just am not compelled to read it. So listen to the graphic audio. I'm not compelled. I feel like listening to the graphic audio is cheating. Well, it's not. 
I have literally listened to the graphic audio version while holding the book, and it's basically almost exactly word for word. God. I, I don't know. Like, I, I just I have this, this, this notion that listening to audiobooks, because you're not actually doing the reading, is like cheating. Not when the graphic audio version is seven hours long. Seven hours long. You have any idea how many podcasts I can listen to in that amount of time? It's quality Green Lantern story, man. I mean, if I'm listening to the Lantern cast, it's only like three. But <laughs> <laughs> well, before you get too far into insulting me again, um, do you want to anything you want to promote before I go into the closing? Uh, just uh, Slider's cast, I guess. I, you know, it really goes hand in hand. Like if you're listening to this. You know, where we talk about alternate reality kind of DC stories. Well, Dan and I, we are doing the Sliders cast where we review the TV show Sliders, where they hop from alternate reality to alternate reality. So, uh, obviously, my interest is uh, <laughs> is kind of evident with the alternate reality stuff. So, yeah, go to SlidersCast.com or look us up on iTunes and... Uh, yeah, check us out. We started with uh, the first episode, We're working our way through the whole series, and uh, between seasons we tackle some other random stuff like Sliders comics and, and other fun, just random Sliders talk. And Bricks Weekly? Yeah, Bricks Weekly is on a uh, an indefinite hiatus. Um, the third episode was recorded and has not aired, so... Uh, at some point, that will will see the light of day. Bricks Weekly, as, as it is, is um, like the website's pretty much gone, and you can't really. Uh, I'm not going to do anything with that name anymore. At some point, I may revive a similar a similar concept, but. And your Adam Sliders podcast. <laughs> and what? And your Adam oh. podcast. <laughs> yeah. No. If anything, it would be Captain Adam and. <laughs> That's not happening anytime near, you know, anytime <laughs> soon. After the Sliders cast, we've already decided that we're going to be working on a Stargate podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, anybody that listens to the Sliders cast knows that we're going to start a Stargate cast afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, if you guys want to get a hold of us, it's lanterncast at gmail.com. We have a voicemail, 708 Lantern. Uh, and you can leave voicemails and emails for every iteration of the Lantern Cast, all spinoffs and the main show. Uh, just let us know where you, you want your comments to be directed, and we'll talk about it. I don't know if we'll uh, wait for the next episode of <laughs> Elseworlds to uh, <laughs> to read your comments on the air, but <laughs> but I'm sure uh, I'm sure should, we'll definitely get to it. Uh, um, uh, we can follow, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for us and follow us or like us there. Um, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us on I, uh, listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher, feel free to leave us a review on both. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, next time around, we don't know what we're covering on uh, Elseworlds. I guess we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... It's all based on Jim's availability. So uh, if, uh, if things go horribly wrong, blame him. <laughs> when was the last one? Like two years ago? Well, I don't freaking know. <laughs> well, I, I think we could probably commit to something sooner than 
than that for the next episode. <laughs> well, I, I've I've ambiguously promised the listeners on Twitter that we will cover Threshold in 2015. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> it's been so long since I read the first couple of issues. Like, I'm actually curious as to what happened. <sighs> it, I, I'm far enough out that, like, I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was an interesting idea. Completely forgot how bad it was. So, yeah, I'm totally primed for Threshold. You know what I just realized the other day is Threshold, uh, when you, when you, when we talk Threshold, we talk about it like it was the title of the series. You remember it was Threshold and it said The Hunted in really big letters across yeah. the cover. So I think the comic was called The Hunted. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why Threshold is on there. No, it's, uh, it is, the, it's called Threshold. I know, but... Bigger than the words threshold, it's like double the size of oh. threshold. It says the hunted on the cover. <laughs> Probably because the hunted referred to the Green Lantern, and they really wanted to sell that as a hey, look, guys, Green Lantern's over here too. Buy this comic. <laughs> and everybody's like, you know what? We'll buy a lot of Green Lantern stuff, but you can take your threshold and, uh, yeah. Show it. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> all right okay. all right guys we'll talk to you later good night good night